Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com, the digital marketing podcast for tech marketers who are sick of shady, aggressive marketing. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. So my guest today is the prime example of an entrepreneur who does marketing all day long, but rarely calls it marketing. He has a successful blog, a successful podcast, a successful YouTube channel, a humongous... <laughs> 700,000 uh, subscriber email list. He founded two multi-million dollar businesses. He worked for Intel, Facebook, Mint.com, and then launched his own businesses and his own stuff. You have guessed who this person is. It's Noah Kagan. Noah, welcome to the show. Luis, right? As I say in French, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. So let's start straight away into the meat of things because I know we don't have a lot of time and I know that listeners really enjoy this kind of question. So... Noah, we're going to start a business together right now. Sure. What do you want to do? It has to be a digital business, right? So a few conditions and then we, we'll get started. So you have $1,000 to play with, to start with. You have six months to make it to like $10,000 in return. Yeah. But there's one thing that you can't do. Uh oh, no. What can't I do? <laughs> you can't use your name, right? I can't use my name. Okay. No. So you can't use your network, anything like this. You have to start from scratch. So how would you do it? Wow, man, any other, do you want to go something harder like the meaning of life? Yeah, let's do that <laughs> as well. <laughs> so one thing I would discourage, and, and so I have six months to make $10,000 a month. Uh, $10,000 in total, so it doesn't have to be $10,000 oh, a month. Easy, ah, easy. Right. I, I would go drive for Uber. <laughs> and I would just drive, so I, here's the thing. One, you said something that I disagree with, which is it can't be offline. I think too many people just assume like, oh, I want to make money. It has to be this internet thing. Like I, I had dinner with a guy last night and he said, how do I make passive $2,000 a month? And I said, well, you do active work for a long, for one year uh, and then hopefully you'll make $2,000. Um, the way I would start looking at that, Luis, is just breaking the math down. So if I want to make $10,000, uh, what are my different options? So I think with an Uber driver, literally you can get set up in one day. I think France and you know Europe is some of the larger markets. Uh, I think you generally make somewhere around $15 an hour. So if I need to make 10,000 bucks, $15 an hour, 660 hours or 666 hours divided by six months. So 111 hours, um, or yeah, 111 hours a month. There's also, you know, 168 hours a week. I could just do it in basically four weeks and then make it in a month. Uh, I think what, what I've noticed about marketing and business is that I would do this for a month, figure out what's working, and then I'd probably start advertising in my car or selling things in my car to supplement it and then try to find other people that I could get to drive for me uh, or some other way to then evolve and iterate that business. But in terms of like brute force, straight, let's make money, I would probably consider, I would probably just do something like that. I enjoy this answer. You know, I, I love the fact that you contradicted me in there. I wasn't saying, I wasn't trying to say the only way to make money is by doing a digital business. I was just trying to frame the question so that we can find an idea together yeah. about a digital business. But you may... Oh, here, well, we could do a digital one too, if you want. Right. Let's, let's go for it as well. So the other digital one that one of my favorites, so you're saying I can't use my name. I don't know anyone. I'm, you know, I may be in Serbia. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I think there's there's two that I would probably approach. The first one I would do is I would look at some of the most popular articles on Moz.com or any of the online marketing like blogs, so Moz and Growth Hackers, and look at any of these articles that show people how to do something, like how to write an article, how to optimize your blog. Like one of the things that I am so, still shocked at that no one's really monetized well is how to do content refreshes. So how do you go to old blog posts, update the images, update the text, add more links, remove the dead links. 
Uh, and so I would find one or two of these articles that gives a template on how to do this. Then I would probably approach, I don't know, a certain target market. So I'd probably approach SaaS companies. So I'd go to Product Hunt and then I would hit up probably or angel.co, hit up I don't know, 50 or 100 of them and be like, hey, can I do this for you for free? Like, here's exactly what I'm going to do. It's from this article. Here's the checklist that I'll do and I'll execute for you. There's no cost. Uh, and then basically that would be my way in the door. And then if they liked that, I would charge them a subsequent fee uh, to you know, do it on a second article or for a referral. So let, let me break it down because the first step sure. is to find the idea. So you already have kind of an idea in mind. I think you know that it's the pain point. It seems like more and more companies are spending a lot of money doing content marketing. They're writing blog posts left, right and center. And then after six months, nine months, uh, 12 months, two years, they forget about the blog post they wrote last year. And they just tend to write new stuff, but instead they could definitely refresh, as you said, the content they created before, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the idea there, the concept at a highest level is just look at what something that other people have done that works for them, that there's already a, excuse me, a formula out there and then just go do that for other people. Like you see these articles, like how to optimize emails. And a lot of people, what they want to do is they want to create software. Like how do I take this thousand dollars and build software with it? I would actually just go do that stuff manually. And then from the manual process, then I would start the automation. Then I would start looking on, you know, freelancer or Fiverr, but like Upwork and things like that, uh, or India, Pakistan, wherever to find someone to then automate some of the work that I'm doing. All right. Uh, so sorry, sorry to cut you there because it's very, off, important, man. very important stuff because people enjoyed the step-by-step -step methodology that, yeah, that yeah, let's you, do it. You, will, uh, you, you will go through. So first of all, you, you find... You search online for repeatable methods, repeatable frameworks that people have used successfully in the past, right? Or just any article, like look for an article. It's like how we grew our SEO 50% or how I do, here's a checklist. Like you can search for checklists, you can search for templates, anything that like someone's already done that seems like it works. And then I would go offer that as a service to different people. I'm not, for me, like I'll tell you a service I've wanted and I've actually paid someone to do is content refreshes where they change my title, they change my images, they change my text uh, and I've paid them per article. Great. So let's, let's pick this one in particular sure. in order to uh, launch it and, and try to find customers. So the second thing you said was actually, once you have this method or this, this case study that you find useful, you, you turn into a service, a manual service, first of all, uh, to start with. And the second step you mentioned was to actually go to where your market uh, hang out. So you said like probably start with SaaS companies. So let's say we do content refresh for SaaS companies and startup uh, SaaS companies in particular, and you would go to product hunt and angel.co and those places where they hang out, right? Yeah. The other place that you can go is there's a lot of Facebook groups with a lot of people that have online businesses. So whatever market you're targeting. So go online and look, look up like SaaS Facebook, you know, go to Facebook, search SaaS. Uh, and there's like 50 groups with people posting about things they need help with or people that are running SaaS companies uh, that you can approach to offer the service to. Right. Sounds good. So then step three, you said, would you offer this service for free? How would you yes. deal with this? Free. All right. So the first, the first article that you refresh would be free. Yeah. So the way, here's the thing. A lot of times when people are starting businesses, uh, they're intimidated to ask for money. I like asking for money in the beginning because then people take it more seriously and they value what you're doing. Uh, but I think for most people out there, I find it easier if it's just like, go do it for free. It'll build up your clientele. It'll build up your skill set. It'll build up your referrals. And then you'll get so busy that you'll be like, hey, I need to charge you a little bit amount of money. And if you're actually creating something they want and of value, uh, then it's going to be a no-brainer for these people. Especially because as, as we frame it at the start, we, have, we, are, we are anonymous. We have no credibility, no trust. Nobody knows us. So why would somebody pay us 
somebody who has no profile or no no experience or no history of doing anything as such, right? Yeah, I mean, I think other people could think of ideas like, oh, I'll build this software and then I'll try to sell it. And I'm like, you don't know anyone. <laughs> uh, and so you don't have an email list. You don't have a social media presence. And so I think the the idea, and I think actually Seth Godin mentioned it really well in, in his episode with you, which is just like pick a, a, a market of people that you understand or like and then focus on them one at a time. Uh, and that's the way that, you know, it's kind of the model that I'm suggesting. It's just like find something that you can offer them that you think will help do it for free and then keep doing that. Right. So we do it for free. And then you yes. mentioned something around automation or starting to like automate stuff. But I, I do enjoy the fact that you say, keep it manual to start with. I think a lot of people I talk to tend to, to think about the smartest way possible to automate their funnel and make it so sexy and automated and, and perfect. But they really don't do step one, which is actually do something, first of all, that works. Yeah, I think it's true for all things. I've noticed with, with marketers, especially everyone hates these marketers, which is this outbound marketer which they spam you seven emails. It's like, hey, did you get this? Hey, here's a shitty GIF. Hey, here's a meme photo. Uh, and I'm just like, or hey, <laughs> can you add this link to my article? And I'm like, oh, yeah, anything else? You want my girlfriend? Oh, yeah, you want my scooter? Um, <laughs> do you have a scooter, actually? I, I do have a scooter. I love my oh, scooter. Nice. Can I have it? Uh, you can borrow it if you're in, when you come by Austin. You can go for a ride. Great. Uh, I, I don't mind that. So I, I think the thing that I, I try to encourage people uh, is just like get away from like the shitty like what what a lot of people try to do too that for marketing is they try to jump ahead. They're trying to like you know drive a Ferrari on a racetrack and they don't even know how to drive a car. And so, for instance, I was talking with a guy on our team. We're, we're working on growing our Shopify presence uh, with Sumo.com, and he's like, "Oh, let's automate the emails. Let's automate emails to send people to get them to like give us reviews." And I was like, well, how do we know what emails are going to work? Well, let's just do it manual and let's just see what stuff works and then we can get to the automation. Uh, and I think with most businesses, especially SaaS, what SaaS is, is software as a service. It's not just SaaS. Uh, it means that you're doing a service, but then you're, you're using software to repeat that service instead of you doing it yourself manually. Yeah, I very much like that. And I think it's a way to validate the idea as well, right? Once you don't invest that much resources and money into trying to automate or creating software or building something, once you do it manually, you know, the cost of switching from this method to something else or, or, or changing the way you work is minimal, right? Yeah. I think what I noticed people is that they build the software and then they have to go look for customers. <laughs> yep. uh, it's like, oh, I wonder who I can find to buy this. So my mentality has always been spend the least amount of time, the least amount of money to find what people actually want and what they will actually pay you for uh, before you do it and before you waste money and time. Uh, and then so from there, uh, then, you know, go do it yourself. And then when you'll actually understand what they really want. Uh, I have other business ideas I can recommend too that I, I've thought of. But yeah, I think for like SaaS stuff, it's like go do content refreshes. Uh, go, it could be setting up their, you know, I have a friend now, all he does is literally manually set up their autoresponders. Yeah. And so, you know, in the future you could say, Hey, I'm an autoresponder company and I create software that we magically set this up for you, but do it manually enough times that you can understand it and you're too busy and then either automate it, which there's actually another caveat. You can automate it with people or automate it with software. And I think too many times in the tech world, we're just like, Oh, just put more software, put more software when it might actually be cheaper and faster to do it with people. Yeah. And that's something that is sexy. You know, like they start with a solution, they think about the software first, and then they work backwards to, to try to, to, to find a problem that would be solved with this particular solution. Um, so that's interesting first step. So it's all about the manual work. And as you can hear, 
Noah doesn't necessarily believe that you should build something from the ground up uh, straight away. He believes in small incremental changes, small incremental improvements, manual work, uh, very much like that. So let's say we have our few first free clients that we've done the work for once. What do you do next then? Because we do need to make money, right? We, we've spent a few, uh, many hours uh, doing the work for those people. What do you recommend to do next then? Yeah, so I would keep doing it. <laughs> and I would keep doing it and doing it and doing it. There's a speech called uh, Just Do It by Art Williams, which is probably one of my favorite speeches online. And it's just very motivational. And so uh, the point of his message and the point that I encourage people is that if you're just reaching out to people and helping them one by one, just go do more of that. Uh, I think a lot of times people are like, well, how do I do content marketing? And then they're like, well, okay, how do I do now Facebook ads? Okay, no, no. How do I do platform marketing? Okay, how do I do PR? And I'm like, well, have you finished doing what was already working, which is reaching out one by one or posting in groups like, hey, I'll do this for free or I'll do the first one for free. And they're like, no. I'm like, go do more of that. And the second thing I would do. So number one, just do more with what worked to get those first few customers. Uh, the second thing that I would recommend is go through your LinkedIn contacts. So when we've launched Sumo.com and when I did AppSumo.com, I literally went through every single contact I have. And you'd be shocked when you actually do that. You're like, oh, shit. There's this girl that works at that company that could, I could actually help with. Uh, and, and it's really surprising. So when we even hire people at our company, we go through their entire LinkedIn contacts, every single person, and we say, who's a great person that, that should work here at Sumo? And we do it with every single person. I, I love this idea. Um, but beyond LinkedIn, because in five years' time, LinkedIn might be not LinkedIn anymore, right? It could be something else. <laughs> okay. But like the principles still apply. I very much like this idea of what I, when I started my business three years ago, the first thing I actually did was to make a spreadsheet with every single person I knew from my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, my ex colleagues, everybody I knew from, from, that I could remember. And I did contact them one by one in order to get introductions, in order to get the first clients. And this works. It's not the sexiest, most effective method when you think about like automating your funnel and whatever, but it just works, right? It, it works. So, you know, Chet Holmes, one of my favorite authors, uh, he wrote a book called Ultimate Sales Machine. And what he calls it, not, you know, I can't take the credit for it. He calls it his dream 100. And so a lot of companies, if you're trying to do mass market, it's a different play. But if you're trying to do a target market of like, you know, 500 or 100 or 1000 customers, just make a list of your dream 100. So like if I met you on the street and you're like, hey, no, help me with my marketing. I'm like, well, who's the if I could bring a customer to you on a plate, who would you bring? Who can I bring? You should have answers. And if you make that list, you'd actually be shocked when you go through your LinkedIn or you ask your friends or you ask your current customers, hey, do you know like any of these three people? Uh, and then that's actually, you know, it's still again, I, I think what uh, a lot of the methods I'm recommending, especially earlier on, are very manual uh, instead of kind of hope marketing and hope marketing to me is, hey, let's write a blog post and hope that it eventually gets read, hope that someone joins my newsletter, hope that they might click something to go buy something at a later point. Uh, I'm much more of a like, I want to guarantee it. I don't like surprises or hope in, in marketing. So to you, the, the way to really guarantee that we're going to get our first paying customers is to, is to contact people directly, to find out where they, they spend their time, offer your work for free to start with, prove that what you do work, and then optimize and, and, and scale a little bit more on what works, right? Yeah, most people, what I've noticed, Luis, in you know my 17 years of internet world is that most people haven't finished the target market. So they're like, I've talked to all customers. I'm like, have you? They're like, no, I'm guilty, uh, number one. <laughs> and then number two 
is that they've they've stopped doing the marketing activity that was the one of the original ones or one the ones that used to work because I want to do ones that are easier. Uh, and I think there's, you know, it can get easier, but frankly, at the end of the day, if it's working, just go do more of that one and think the way I look at it. I hate, I hate when people say this, but it's, it is the 80, 20, just do four days of what works. And one day you can fuck around and experiment with, you know, other activities that you're not sure of, you know, maybe content, maybe PR, maybe Facebook ads, maybe partnerships, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's a good point. It's trying to fix something that is not broken and trying to, uh, to just find something easier, as you said, I, I, I was very much guilty of that, but it's true that one of the easiest way to do marketing effectively is really to just double down on what works instead of trying to, to find those new hacks, those new tactics, those new shiny objects in the horizons that people on LinkedIn have been talking about for the last two weeks. You know, don't, don't be afraid to just keep, keep up to, to what's working and, and avoid these, those shiny new objects. Yeah, I mean, that's hard, man, because I'll tell you, everyone, you know, the gra everyone knows the grass is greener mentality and or the shiny object syndrome. And I, I'm a victim of that, man, or not victim. I'm guilty of that, not a victim. And I'm guilty. I'm like, oh, this next feature is going to help me or this new marketing channel is going to help us. Uh, and a lot of the times it's like, OK, what's been working? So for like Sumo.com, for instance, like content marketing has been working uh, like our, you know, now like our sales team has been working. Facebook ads have been mostly working. And it's like, let's just keep doing more of those. And then we experiment. So like an experiment recently is we tried a partner program where we'd pay people uh, if they were for customers. And like we tried it for a little bit. It worked well. So now we're putting that as part of our our, our like regular marketing uh, strategy. Sure. And, and obviously you need to try new things and experiment. But as you said, you should probably spend 80% of your time on things that are already working, 20% on testing new things. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. Everyone, the problem with that, Luis, is that everyone knows that. It's like this, everyone knows it, but we don't do it. Uh, you know, it's like one of these things where it's like, hang out with the, you're the average of the five people or be around a players. Like no one ever thinks they're around shitty people <laughs> or maybe they do. Uh, but I think with marketing, one of the things that I've started to get really strong on and I'm really proud of, and I'm, I'm trying to re remind myself and hopefully influence others is that it's not about what you should do. It's about what you got to stop doing especially with marketing. It's like, what are you not going to do anymore? Cause it's not working. And how do you just keep doing more of what already works? Yeah. And this is tough to do. This is really tough to do, but it, it's a little bit the same with this podcast and, and the concept behind it. You know, everybody agrees that you should do ethical marketing, that you should treat people the way you'd like to be treated, that you shouldn't trick them. But when your boss is telling you every day, listen, you need to reach your target this month or else you're fired. When the pressure to grow your business is really high, people go back to the sleaziness, the aggressiveness, because they have no choice, right? And it's easier to say something than to actually do it. I definitely agree with you on this. Yeah, I agree. So you mentioned something I picked up, uh, and I know a few listeners probably picked it up as well. You said, I also have a few other business ideas uh, that I could talk about when you mentioned this uh, content refresh thing. So what else did you have in mind that you could inspire listeners with? Yeah, the, the number one thing I would say, and I'll give you a, a concrete business but I think more conceptually, and I, and I like how you ask me questions about that, like well, what's the takeaway or what's the high level? Uh, I'd say the high level thought is that how do you solve problems for yourself? Because if you know that this is something that you have a problem with, at least you're going to be happy. And then it's also easier for you to go convince others. Uh, I, I know that, you know, you have to go make sure other people want it. But for me, you know, the content refresh, I have a blog. I wish I could have, you know, people, um, you know, refresh my content. That's my own problem. Next problem, recruiting. So, and I can go into more specific detail, but like, man, I'd love for m recruiting help. And so these are my own problems. So it's easier for me to be excited of them. It's very easy to work on them and then probably convince other people about that too. 
Uh, and so recruiting is a huge problem for everyone. If, if you run a business, recruiting is a problem. Go look at anyone's job page and then hit them up and contact them about how you can help them hire that person. And I don't know the solution. I don't have like the exact formula of how you can help people find that person or if you can do it, how you can do it yourself. But I know that people are spending like we spend over $250,000 a year on recruiting to give you some idea of like salaries and software and, you know, ads and all this, all this crap. So it's like we're already spending a lot of money. That's a, it's a good way to look for business opportunities. Where are people already spending a lot of money? And it's very valuable for them because I'm clearly spending money on it. And there's clearly money that I could give to someone else instead. Yeah. Uh, another tip as well for this is when you work for a client or when you have your own business or work for another business, write down the key problems that this business suffer from uh, on a daily basis, like the small things, the big things. That's what I used to do. I used to have this, this huge list of small problems that I saw other businesses suffer from or the business I was involved in. And that usually leads to ideas and, and potential stuff you can do later on um, based on those raw ideas. Yeah, uh, I love it, man. So Noah, I want you to, I want to be, I want you to be honest with me, hundred percent, right? Oh, in, shit, this, man. in this question, all right? What is oh, the God. what is the sleaziest, shadiest marketing tactic you've ever used? Ever used? Oh, uh, what have I used in the past? You know, one thing I will say. Is that it's hard to it's hard to say because I think sometimes what someone might do, other might others might call like, oh, that's sleazy, but I'm like, I don't think it is. It's your own definition uh, of it at the end of the day. What's that? That's your own definition of it, right? What what is yeah, the I sleazy mean, on your in your own definition? Yeah, I, I like using the Wall Street Journal test, which is if your mom read the Wall Street Journal and what you did was in the front page of it, like how would you feel? And if you're okay with it and you're like, hey mom, yeah, or maybe your mom's, you know, a bad person too, but if she reads it and is like, oh, I can't believe you did that, then, you know, that's probably not something that, that you should be doing. Um, I mean, I think some of the things that, like, we haven't actually done it, uh, you know, like with AppSumo, which is one of our companies, which is a daily deals for entrepreneurs, you know, we've never changed the timer. So if it's a deal that ends in a day, we've, uh, I think we, we didn't, we ended the timer, but maybe we like ran an ad to it, like for the next day. So it wasn't really public. Uh, but I'm not even sure if we actually ever did that or we just talked about it. Um, I don't got anything, man. I don't really know what I do that's shady. <laughs> it's okay. It's a tough question. Uh, maybe no, no, I, I want to think. I w I'd love to give you stuff that's juicy. Like, ah, oh, back in the day, I was a shithead. Uh, <laughs> listen, yeah, listen, you can think about it while I, while I ask you more questions. Maybe it's going to come back, uh, come back to it. But I love the way you define shady in your own terms. If, if what you're doing would be in front of the Wall Street Journal or any public newspaper, would you be proud of it with your mom? appreciate yeah. what you did or would, would she be ashamed uh, and tell you to to, yeah. get a, to get another job so that's a good definition of things um, yeah i think yeah keep going i mean the only thing shady i could say that i'm, I'm trying to think is good and, and like i'm not saying i don't do bad things or i haven't done wrong things i definitely have i think i've matured over the past years and 10 years um like our one of our companies that was in the payment space we did like affiliate offers where you know you could get farmville credits if you signed up for netflix mm -hmm. and i think that shit sucked why uh because it just, I don't know if people actually wanted to sign up for these offers to get their Farmville credits. Uh, and ended up leaving that business after you know, a year or less. Uh, I just didn't think that was actually ended up being really good for the customers. Not all the offers. It was like, sign up for, you know, give us your cell phone and then we'd bill people. Uh, and I didn't think that was good stuff for, uh, for people to be doing. 
Yeah, it probably creates bad customers, people, as you said, who don't necessarily want your service and want it for something else just to collect points and whatever. But this is the reason why affiliate marketing and affiliates could be very tricky for, for businesses when you set it up because those affiliates actually bring the, the price down. Like, you know, you have one business that would start offering affiliates 20% uh of the cut and then the other business would start offering 30% of the cut then the other business would do 40% 50% and then just the all the entire industry around it just fails because of it as well yeah i mean i think affiliate in general is, is scummy and i think that it's a lot of sleaze balls uh the problem is that a lot of this you know that industry makes so much money it's unreal uh, but you know, it's been interesting to dabble with that with sumo.com, which I feel like we're, we're good guys and good girls and, uh, but doing partnerships in this way is, you know, it's been interesting cause it's like, Hey, we want to work with people we know. And Hey, if you want to promote it, like affiliate, I think has gotten a bad rap, uh, over the years because people have abused it. And outside of affiliates, you know, why do you think marketing in general has a, has a bad reputation? I, I don't think marketing has a bad reputation. No, you don't. Not in a mean, I don't No, I why don't. Not? I think marketing. I think what's interesting is that like when you say that, I think about college when they said, you know, I went to UC Berkeley and people were like, well, what's marketing? And it's like, well, when someone has a thing and it comes into a marketplace and there's a, you, you, know, you know, people are meeting around a product. I guess what I've looked at marketing uh, in my career is like one, I never think of myself as a great marketer. I still don't. Like when people are like, oh, no, like two nights ago, someone's like, oh, you're a great marketer. And I'm like, I'm not. Uh, the way I look at it is that marketing to me is finding something that I truly believe in and that I think will genuinely help people a certain type of person and then <clears throat> being more of an evangelist an ambassador around that and making sure I do whatever it takes to let pe the right people know about it. So when I worked at mint, it was like, Hey, you guys have got to use mint.com and AppSumo, and then now sumo.com. And we just launched briefcase hq.com like that plug. So yeah, it's like, I think what we make is great. And so I don't think of it marketing as a negative thing. I think of it as like, I'm an educator and an evangelist and I've got to do, you know, for me, it's exciting to go share that with the people that I think should know about it. Yeah. But I think the issue, I mean, it's not an issue. It's a good thing. Your definition of marketing is my definition as well. It's the good marketing. You, you just define to me what is good marketing, but trust me on that. A lot of other people wouldn't define marketing as such. And therefore, that would carry a lot of bad reputation. As you mentioned, you know, you're, you're kind of sick of, 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 um, of receiving those emails from like those seven emails from the same person saying, Hey, can you do this? Can you do that for me? Those old emails that don't make any sense. To me, this is part of the marketing realm. And this is also one of the reasons why some people think that marketing is bullshit. Marketing is really shady. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting. And I've noticed this man with, uh, the people that are shady is that they're the ones that are like, Oh, it's not shady. Uh, and so I think people that talk about how much money they make or they won't tell you anything that they do, like they won't actually say anything, like they'll be quiet about what they're doing, um, are shady. And I don't know, sometimes it's weird too when people, um, like they're like, oh yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I just definitely think there are questionable people, but I think for the most part, you know, I think people do it with best intentions, whether they don't even realize what they're doing is shady. I think that, that, that can be the problem. Yeah, that's true as well, for sure. I mean, and this is why I'm trying with this podcast to, to evangelize the good marketing side of things. As you mentioned, like this is exactly my definition of marketing as well. And I think the more people share this definition, the less people will actually do shady stuff without necessarily realizing it. Yeah. I mean, what is your definition? Just to be clear, because I, I wasn't quite clear on that. My definition would be to understand people so well that you can provide them with what they need and just communicate that with them. Yeah, that'd be damn cool.
Uh, I like that one. One thing, uh, just to kind of come back full circle to what we were talking about earlier, I was just on Reddit Entrepreneur. I'm a big Redditor. And there's like this article that's like how I grew my Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And this is literally what I, we were talking about earlier. Like, so take this article and go do it uh, for other people. Just propose like, hey, I've, you've, here's a checklist from this article. I'll go do it for you. One other thing um, I was thinking for a lot of people who are starting, I don't know if that's a lot of your audience, is that I don't think they're actually committed to doing it for that long. And that's part of their problem. Amen to that. Amen to that. Because that, that's exactly what my issue was when I started out. I was expecting a result within a week, within a day. I was pissed off because nobody gave, gave a shit about what I was doing. And I just gave up, right? I did that so many times, you wouldn't believe. But with this podcast and a few things I started before, I, I told myself, listen, I don't give a shit whether one person, 10 person, 1000 person listen. All I want is publishing one episode every week for the next year. And then I'll see. Uh, I think that that's a great thing. Someone asked me when I launched my podcast, they're like, oh, you're in the rankings. Look at the ranking and shit. And I was like, ask me the ranking in one year because uh, anyone can start anything for a month. But in one year, most people won't persist. And if you could just do anything, like literally if you do marketing or start a business or sales or any skill and you commit 15, 30 minutes a day for a year, even 15 minutes, you do that for a year, you're golden. Like you will get most of what you want, if not further ahead of that. And this is why when people request and like ask, how do you get on the first page of Google and how do you do SEO better? The answer is, well, blog about this particular subject mm-hmm. every day for a year and you will see you will rank on the page one of almost every single search results, uh, search keywords uh, related to what you're blogging about. Yeah, it's that easy. I, I think, you know, sometimes I, I'll tell you, uh, Luis, I, I, is it Luis? Am I saying it correctly? It's Louis, actually, but I don't mind. Louis. Everybody calls me whatever no, 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 they Louis. want. I like saying people's real names. Great. Cool. Um, I'll tell you, even myself, man, I've been running online businesses and companies, I don't know, about 17 years, give or take. And I still think there's going to be some secrets. I still think there's going to be some marketing secret or some thing that'll make it all easier. And then at the end of the day, I always keep ending back at the same thing. It's that you just got to go back to work. I <laughs> <laughs> just got to keep going back to work. Uh, and if you put in the time, it's like going to the gym. Like someone asked me like, oh, how'd you get your body, blah, blah. I'm like, who cares what I'm doing besides, you know, diet. And that's a whole nother story. I just go to the gym. I just keep showing up three times a week and that's it. That's that simple. That's simple. Well, people want to know. They're like, oh, what's your routine? What's your diet? I'm like, just show up. Well, what do I, what do I do there? Just get there. Oh no, but <laughs> how do I lift the weight? Just lift it up and put it back down. Uh, and it's the same thing with marketing, like or writing or sales or customer support, whatever you want to be good at, just show up. Yeah, just show up. Um, do you have any anything that sprung to mind uh, about the question about the, the sleaziest and shadiest stuff you've ever done? Anything that that brings uh, back memories, or do you want to move on to the the last questions? Let's move on. So, what do you think marketers should learn today that will help them in the next ten years, twenty years, fifty years? What would I want to know today that'll help me in the next fifty years? I think the things that I'm thinking, I mean, what I'm concerned or scared of and or excited about is when, how does marketing get to such an individual level, right? So how do I, how does marketing become like, I'm marketing to Louis, I say it right? Yeah, perfect. How do I market exactly to you? So I think that's number one. It's just like, there's different software out there. You know, our software's starting to do more of that you know, retargeting, you could start targeting like the person in the city of this thing. And so start thinking more about the personalization of it. That's kind of more general. I'd say the second thing for marketers is that just learn how to be a better copywriter. So go learn how to write well, 
Like, cause everything at the end of the day is communication, right? I'm either selling you something, I'm communicating something, I'm trying to explain something. So practice writing more often. Uh, I think that's something, it maybe it could be an emoji format. I don't give a shit, but just practice communication and being a better communicator. Uh, I think there's something interesting about the new mediums out there. Uh, marketing at the end of the day is the same thing. You know, marketing is like, how do I share this thing to that person? But there's new mediums like podcast and social media and videos. Uh, I think it's healthy for marketers uh, in general to like understand them at least. So like, you know, other channels that maybe you're going to be better at. Uh, there's probably other things like one thing. Oh, man, I'll, I'll give you one other one I'd be excited about. I think marketers should learn math better. And if specifically just like spreadsheets, like learn how to use spreadsheets better. And I think that will make people I'd love. I wish someone would have taught me more of that. I still think there's uh, more for me to learn around that stuff. Why do you think spreadsheets are helpful for marketers? I think most marketers, including myself at times, think we know we're like, oh, here's like how to do something. And like, I think it's working. I don't really know. But if you could do an, a basic analysis, like if you can do, you know, a pivot table or if you can do some index lookups uh, or do like correlation stuff, it actually will make you that much stronger in, in deciding things about your marketing activities. Uh, so go look on, you know, I even look on YouTube and look up spreadsheet stuff. Yeah. So if Noah does it, you can do it as well. Um, I mean, I'm not better than anyone else. I never think I'm like so much more gifted. I think I've just found products that I really liked and I like pretty much did whatever it took. And, you know, I, th I think did whatever it took to find the right customer. The only thing I'd say that uh, has helped me is that m in marketing where, where most people mistake and get mistaken is that they do the channels that everyone else is doing. Uh, and I, find, I generally find it harder to get ahead with those kind of channels. Yeah. So you have to be looking, you know, what channel is not, there's no ads on yet. What channel is there no other people that are already kind of like paying attention to it? The best way for me to, to find that out actually is not to start with the channel, is to start with a customer and interviewing them and finding out where they spend their time online or even offline, you know, in real life and, and trying to pick those places where not a lot of marketers are, are in already. The issue with marketers in general is that we ruin everything as soon as we, we get into a channel, we, we, we flood it. So yeah, good luck with that. Trying to find channels that are not overused and that work. Well, th that's part of the fun because most marketing, and this is something that, that I've thought a lot about is that most marketing doesn't work. And I, and I like your point about, yeah, find the right customer and you can ask them where they are. Uh, but I'll tell you throughout this year, I've experimented with just a bunch of different marketing on Quora and Pinterest and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Google. And then like, you know, it's mostly things don't work. And, I, and you know, coming back to our original sentiment, it's like, you just got to keep trying. Yep. Just have to keep trying. So personalization, communication, copywriting, spreadsheets, probably the four top things you re recommend uh, marketers to learn today that will help them forever, really. Um, Noah, you've, you've written this huge list of business books that really inspired you and books in general. So I would actually suggest people to Google that, you know, books, uh, Noah Kagan, and, and they'll find uh, what I'm talking about outside of those books. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear what would be the top three resources you would recommend marketers and even people looking to learn more about marketing, uh, today. So it doesn't have to be books, could be podcasts, could be anything really. Yeah. So for people wanting to learn more about marketing or to become better marketers in general. Yeah. What would it, I would do to be a better marketer? I think number one, just go do marketing. <laughs> So okay. find something to go practice marketing on. I think th there's no book that's going to give you a better information than experience. So go do it. Just go do it. Uh, I think that's number one. Just if pick up any product you like and practice marketing on it, uh, I think that, that would be the first one. Um, second one, I mean, you can go to like the generic places that most people know about, like growthhackers.com uh, and inbound.org, which I still really like. 
I think the other thing I would probably do is that look for like some of the old school marketers. You know, look at like Jim Rohn, uh, look at Zig Ziglar, Chet Holmes, uh, a lot of these guys that have kind of been uh, who was to some of the other guys, the the Blue Blocker guy, uh, Jay Abrams, like some of these kind of like more traditional Gary Halbert, uh, and look at their stuff on YouTube. It's free. And uh, I think it's interesting to kind of learn because most of the stuff has been tried and you can learn a lot from their stuff. Uh, that definitely helped me with learning a lot more about marketing. Right. Well, Noah, you've been a pleasure, really. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, good questions. Man, shit, this was tough. I should have like, this felt like a college exam. <laughs> I'm going to keep this, by the way. I'm not cutting anything out, right? So this is going to be in the final episode. Uh, what is the best way for listeners uh, to get in touch with you and learn more from you? Yeah, so check out the companies I work at uh, really quickly, appsumo.com. So daily deals for small business owners, uh, sumo.com, uh, free tools to grow your email list. And then we just launched briefcasehq.com, which uh, is uh, basically Netflix for software. So it's the tools you need to grow your business. And then if they want to hear more of me, you, you know, you can check me out on YouTube or uh, Podcast World. Just search Noah Kagan. There is one video on YouTube that I, I saw of you today that was really funny and I can't remember it anymore. Oh, man, fuck. Yeah, there's a lot of business videos. And then there is this one about uh, you talking about losing your hair, right? Which is a serious, yeah. which is a serious fucking subject for a lot of people, right? But it was quite funny to see all of those, how, how would I make money today and that kind of stuff, and then losing my hair and then moving on to business videos. So kudos to that for sharing all of this. I very much enjoy watching all of these videos of you and I will keep doing that. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, the, it's just like marketing with the YouTube thing, like looking for what's working, doing more of it, experimenting a lot, and then being consistent. I put out two videos uh, a week for the past, I don't know, for this whole year. So, you know, not all of them are great. And, you know, you try different, like I tried to bald one out just to kind of see how it worked. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Well, Noah, once again, thank you so much. All right, thanks for having me. That's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. And this is the moment where I tell you to subscribe to our email list. So before you leave and go to another podcast or listen to another episode, I don't treat email lists uh, the way people usually treat their email list. I really treat that as a, as a one-to-one conversation. So I'm going to send you very short and personal emails every two weeks, I would say. We, I'll inform you of guests in advance. I'll share with you my numbers and how many listens we get and I'll also ask you for your feedback in terms of the questions we can ask future guests and perhaps I can also uh, have you on the show uh, someday so don't be afraid to subscribe I'm not going to spam you and you can always unsubscribe for sure if you wish the second thing we need from you is your harsh and honest feedback we know that this show is not perfect yet and we always Uh, can improve so you can send us your email at feedback at everyonehatesmarketers.com good or bad please feel free to send me an email and the last thing i like uh, from you is that if you did like the episode please share it to your friends your colleagues or whoever might like it and also please review it on itunes or another service that you might use to listen to your podcast because if you leave us a five-star review it means that more people would be likely to listen and we can spread the word quicker So thank you so much once again and au revoir.
And that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super, super grateful. I'd love for you to consider subscribing to my daily newsletter, Monday to Friday, called Stand the Fuck Out Daily. I send very short, hopefully interesting, surprising, shocking, entertaining content to help you stand the fuck out. It's at everyonehatesmarketers.com. You can subscribe for free and obviously unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm just going to read a couple of emails that I got recently as a reply. Juma said, your content attacks the mind primarily, which is such a good thing because most of us are skilled at what we do, but we don't have the courage to do it our way. Mark, who just subscribed a couple uh, days before, said, this is my first issue of your newsletter. Love it. Glad I subscribed. Brianna said, I just realized this morning that my email habit is now to one, skim through the list, two, select all unread industry email except yours, three, delete and don't think twice, four, quickly skim yours. Amy said, also loving the new content is coming from you. It feels really lovely. Candle said, I like your writing a lot. It really resonates. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good to touch the authentic. And Chloe said, where is the I fucking love this email button? Brilliant. I hope you subscribe. You'll be joining more than 14,000 subscribers at this stage, which is crazy. It's the size of a small stadium. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the other side.